is The Wild Edge of Being Human, a podcast for business owners. I'm Allison Crow. I have been on a little bit of a hiatus and break, and this is episode number 193. And I want to talk about recovering from difficult seasons and transitioning out of a difficult season. And wouldn't it be nice if just one day the hard stopped and the ease started again? But that's not generally how it works. I saw a Facebook memory from the beginning of March talking about how my energy was back. And my husband and I were visiting last night and talking about the difficult, full-on shit year that 2022 was for us circumstantially. Uh, many of you know a lot of the things that have happened with me personally, and we have some family things that went on that aren't for public discussion. Um, but we had both of our dogs. We had just lost a dog in December of 2021. We had two dogs diagnosed with fatal diseases in January and February. And we started to get some footing and taking care of them. And my dad had a stroke while he was driving a car while I was leading retreat. Um, I also got an ADHD diagnosis that was both awesome and difficult. And we, um, I started a pretty intense therapy around ADHD and also doing some more intense IFS work. And so spent last year working with both a psychiatrist and a therapist, helping my parents. I pulled off. Um, I also had a lot of great achievements last year, um, but they were overshadowed by the stress. I helped my parents um, organize and sell their house of 52 years. And that was, there was a lot of emotional family stuff with that too. And it was, it just happened to be a year I was working on a lot of midlife uh, reconciliation of childhood trauma. And then um, I rescued a dog that had its own trauma. And that was intense and not as easy as some, it was the hardest rescue we've ever had. He's so sweet. We kind of wish we kept him, but that was really challenging. And then the day after we found his forever home, I had a heart attack and then the aftermath of the heart attack. And then in, um, I did launch my book in December and a few weeks later, Leroy died. And so it, it just, that doesn't include the things that include my husband that were hard or other families because there were things that were hard for them too. Um, but y'all know that everybody has seasons where life just beats you down. And I remember telling my clients in May after a very successful event and after making a lot of money, like 
writing a lot of business in May, writing enough business in May for the rest of the year, which I've never done in the sense of like, I told my clients, I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking care of my parents. I'm taking care of my current clients and I won't be enrolling for the rest of the year. I didn't know that that would last through the year. I actually kind of imagined I wouldn't enroll and have something for sale um, until September. Well, September 1st, I was in the hospital or checking out of the hospital. October 28th, I had my heart attack. And um, so I haven't really live launched anything in my business. So you can imagine some of if you're a business owner and um, you are responsible for creating income and creating clients. So that's the other thing. Like a lot of my responsibility buttons were triggered last year. Um, I felt for the first time in my life, instead of powered by empowered by the responsibilities that I felt, I felt um, overwhelmed and drowning in the responsibilities that I had um, and things that I chose, right? And being a small business owner and a coach and a service provider, I'm responsible to create business. I know that having um, like evergreen things and all that stuff is one way we can create revenue if things happen. Fortunately, I had a lot of money in savings. I had a lot of money in savings, frankly. And Bill and I both blew through our savings this year with dog expenses and hospital expenses. He had eye surgeries and um, we we had some problems with our house that we had to fix. We blew through our savings. I fortunately didn't have to um, bring any of my savings into my business, which was nice. Um, my business somehow did one of the best years that it's done in a long time. But I noticed like once all the events were over, there was the part of me, and maybe this is what you resonate, right? You may have, whether it's, a recent season because many of my clients are going through some really difficult things, death, losses, grief, illnesses. It's the human experience, y'all. Wouldn't it be nice if we always felt wonderful? (laughs) And I recently saw someone and I get their zeitgeist saying that, you know, suffering is optional. And I don't believe that. I appreciate their right to have that, but I don't, I was somebody who used to bypass suffering and I have actually found more healing in the allowing of legitimate suffering. I think there is a difference between standing in the suffering and rubbing it all over your face and glorifying the suffering. But we are human beings. Even if we're spiritual beings having a human experience, we are human And we are here living this human life. And that means it is full of blessings and it is full of challenges and hardship. And to be somebody who is tuned in instead of disassociated, I find it kind of, quote, cute that when I hired my therapist last year, he said I hired him in December of 2021. Um, for some reason I was thinking that was March but maybe March was my ADD therapist I hired him and I told him the primary thing I want to work on is not disassociating or bypassing my experience as a human being 
because I had so many sneaky, positive, spiritual ways to bypass, which meant I was signing up to feel a whole lot of hard. And I give myself 27 gold stars for feeling the heart last year and for not bypassing. But I noticed when all those events were complete, I noticed the craving and the phrase I used was be back. I just want to get back to my old self. I think many of us um, felt that after COVID, like, I want to get back to normal. And my wise friend Kay said to me after my heart attack, she was the first person I talked to on the phone about three weeks after my heart attack. After my heart attack, I was extremely anxious. I had an, a physical anxiety I'd never had before. It wasn't, I didn't have anxious thoughts. I just have visual, physical sensations in my body. And I was just like, Kay, I just want to get back to my happy, positive, clear and creative, confident self. And she was like, honey, there's no going back. There's only becoming who you are. And so, you know, I titled this how to recover from a difficult season. Um, the first thing is you can't force it. I know you want to, I have a friend right now who has a stomach inflammation kind of bug and I feel so bad that they are feeling so gross and it is not fun to feel sick. And the way that our brain, especially our Western trained brain, is to fix problems, to get to solution quickly, um, to have an instant result. And so once a circumstance has happened, of course, there is a part of your brain in IFS, we would call it a manager that wants everything to be certain now. And I had that part that was wanting the certainty of clarity. And will I be, um, will I find my courage and my confidence and my creativity again, instead of all this suffering? <laughs> and my sweet podcast producer, shout out to Elise Rich with Wide Awake. Um, Elise, is all, she always like texts me a couple of days before Sunday and is like, hey, do you have an episode this week? Um, and I would say, I think I have one because I'd have an intent to have one, but I could not force that creative flow. I'm not really a war of art gal. I'm more of a set the compassionate container gal for your creativity and, and piddle around and see what happens. So the first thing is you can't force it, which leads me quickly to the second thing, which is compassion and a connected presence with the parts of you that are so striving to quote, be back to normal. The parts of you that will judge you for not, that will judge you for feeling challenged, that will judge you for being in ebb, that will judge you for being off. The parts of you that will judge you or criticize or be hard on you. And I found a very big difference in actually flow restoration when I would entertain those parts that were like, you better get back on track. I can't believe you haven't recorded a podcast. You haven't sent an email. You're supposed to be consistent. And I would 
kind of placate them, I would either A, believe them, or I would shove them down. But what really worked was when I was able to recognize that those were concerned parts of me, that they were trying to protect me. I was doing my parts work, right? And so I would turn toward them and say, ah, hello, taskmaster. I see you. I see you're here and extremely concerned about our consistency with business and creation. I'm here for you. I won't leave you. And recently I shared a quote by Francis Weller. Attunement is a particular quality of attention wedded with affection offered by someone we love and trust. And it's from his book, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. And I found that I didn't even have to fix those parts, that those parts just needed my compassionate, affectionate, loving presence. And again, the temptation is to get over it instead of be with it. And so what was interesting is being with the discomfort of not feeling creative yet. And that's one part. And the second part is being with the parts who are really pissed off or frustrated or scared or concerned or beating you up. And I found, especially the last three weeks, you know, I kind of had this idea that, oh, by my 51st birthday on February 6th, I'll be back at it, right? We set a deadline. We set a deadline on New Year's Day. We try to put a day on the calendar when we'll be back and that our backness won't leave again. And that's just not the human experience. Those parts do that. And those parts do that because they want certainty. So number one, you can't afford, um, you can't force it. Number two, compassionate, connected, affectionate presence with the parts who are not happy and are judging you being off or in an ebb. There is um, a bridge season between being in the middle of the difficult circumstances, those circumstances are going on, or even being a few weeks out and recovering from the grief, and then being back in full flow again, there's a bridge. And how you be with yourself on that bridge will determine, will be a big determiner, probably not the only determiner, but will be a big determiner of the speed in which you're able to allow and open up space for flow to come back. And I get that we often hold the end goal, the end goal as priority. And, and as I speak with my business clients yesterday, we talked about this. The goal is so glorified and in our minds and for our parts, 
Man, there is nothing like feeling on professionally and creatively and your mojo is going and you feel significant and you feel helpful and you're making money and you're helping people and you're doing all the things and you're communicating clearly. Oh my God, it makes me horny. (laughs) And dads have strokes and people die and heart attacks and illnesses and losses that require our loving and compassionate attention. And here we are juggling all of life and wouldn't, you know, yes, the narrows of life where everything is working is delightful and it's only a slice of life. So as we learn to be with our experiences in the wild edges of life, To, you know, you hear the phrase trust the process, but I want to do more than trust the process. I definitely want to trust the process and I want to encourage you to trust the process. But I want you to be aware that mass media, social media, mass media, the way capitalism is set up is so that you glorify the result. If you are glorifying an instant result, you are more likely to buy something you don't need and put money in the pockets of somebody who is choosing to stroke your scarcity for their pocketbook. And so number one, realize that, right, like what you see on the outside is not somebody's process on the inside. And in the expressive arts world um, that I'm certified, we, this is the same thing I really noticed with IFS too, right? Um, The promise of IFS and unburdening parts and feeling healing is wonderful, but I really encourage my clients to take healing off as the goal and I call it be with skills. What we're developing is our be with skills. We're developing our skills in glorifying the process instead of the outcome. And any of you who are in sales or have been trained in sales or train others in sales know that it's very common to say in sales, you can't control the outcome, but you can control your sales activities, right? You can control the process, And this is so true. You may not be able to control your feelings. You may not be able to control your outcomes. You may not be able to control the timeline. But what you can have ownership and authority in is the process. And for me, the process of my inner and outer nourishing practices. The process of meeting with parts, the process of my daily routine, those are the things that soften the energy so that flow could come back. Learning the skill of compassion. So that was part of number two, but I really want to make it number three, your own uh, compassion, compassion for yourself and compassion for others. And those of us in the business world, man, there is so much about like, just do it, accountability, um, that just really rubs me the wrong way right now. And I'll use, um, I'm going to be having Heather on soon, but I'll use her writing practice group as an example. 
And right now, while I'm recording this live, I'm in Heather's writing practice group. So Heather was my book coach and publisher. Um, Her company was my publisher. And five days a week, she has a writing practice for her writers. And I usually go to the morning versions, which are Tuesday through Friday. Sometimes I show up on Monday afternoons. And I definitely use that writing practice for writing when I was writing my book. And so many times that container was used for caring for the author, (laughs) cleaning my desk, painting, journaling, all those things made my book possible. Um, There's been a couple other authors this week talking about, well, I didn't really write on my book, but I journaled and I did a lot of this inner work and that's how I wrote this time. And we're like, that is writing your book. That ultimately does contribute toward the outcomes and goals you want. And you're in the process. And so today, you know, we always start with what are you going to work on today? Meaning, what are you going to write today? And I have been writing this podcast episode in my mind for about 10 days. And and I thought maybe I'd write an outline. And then I was like, no, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to actually do my podcast, record my podcast today during writing practice. And because I consider writing practice the nourishing container for my process, my processes don't look radically different every day, but it's the essence that's the same every single day. And when I do the essence, so what was interesting is yesterday in writing practice, What I wrote and did with my writing practice time was very specifically do what I told you in this episode number two, I compassionately connected with my taskmaster who was like, snap, 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 get on it, get on it, get on it. And I compassionately connected with and held the part of me that is self-judging how much I'm creating or selling or not doing or not doing. And I did not set out to teach them or coach them or tell them how things would be. I just set out to attune with them with physical presence and affection. And as I do, they relax their resistance and make way for creativity. And this morning, I woke up with a joy I have not felt in over a year. I got really, I would find contentment in the last year, but I was scared about my lack of joy or my inability to access joy. And this morning, joy woke me up. And joy is here now. And I truly do believe that joy is here now, not because I forced joy, but because I bead with the parts of me that were not joyous. And I did not be with them for the purpose of making them feel joy. I bead with them for the purpose of being compassionate, attuned, affectionate,
presence. That's Clemo barking, saying she needs to go out. And so with that, I will wrap up this podcast. I will let you know ways that you can work with me. Number one, Soli's coaching membership is open, um, taking new applications. Um, you can find out more about that at coachwithallison.com. I have a book, Unarmored. Finding Home in the Wild Edge of Being Human that you can find on Amazon. And I have about five spots left for my live coaching um, or live. Yeah, it's a live coaching um, retreat and event in Austin, May 7th through 11th. I will put um, a link to that in the show notes for the podcast or the information is at the bottom of my emails that go out almost every week. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know, um, you know, when you put a podcast out into the world, you never know who hears it and you never know if something lands. And I hope that something lands for you. And if you did and you have an extra second, pop me a message or um, tag me in a social media post and let me know what resonated with your soulful heart. Thanks for spending time with me. I'm Allison Crow, your favorite life and business coach, and I'll see you soon.